Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today, our guest is T.S. Wright again. He's coming back on to discuss what we're seeing right now and how it all relates to what the Bible says will be happening in the last days just before Jesus returns, which is right now. All we see on the news right now is how the nations of the world are more concerned with Israel stopping their war with Hamas than with coming together to support Israel and destroying their enemies. I mean, they claim the humanitarian thing to do is to stop. And military jargon, I'll quote my favorite person, General George S. Patton Jr. on this. He said, you grab them by the nose and kick them in the rear end, and you go through them so fast, you go through them like crap through a goose. Well, once you have your enemy on the run, you don't stop. You finish the job, and that's what Israel is doing. And almost the entire world is just telling them, no, just stop. Why don't these same nations tell them, tell Iran, to stop funding terrorists. Any reason for that? Anyway, praise God, don't get me started. That's why we have Scott Wright coming back on to join us today to share about the prophetic insights into what we see happening right now. Amen. Scott Wright's the author of the God Center Concept Journal and has a unique insight into prophecy in the end times. And I want to get right into our discussion today. So help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Scott Wright. Scott, welcome back. Bob, thanks for having me on, and uh, look forward to another fruitful discussion, as we always have. Amen, amen. As I discuss end-time events in relation to current events, it just amazes me how some people can still say things like, well, you know, you never know what God's going to do, or, you know, well, Jesus is just going to come like a thief in the night. You never know when he's coming back. So, folks, in my opinion, statements like that just tell me people aren't studying their Bible. Anyway, Scott, let's jump into Jewish history as we begin. How does the Jewish exile to Babylon point to the second coming of Christ? Well, first of all, what we have to do is we have to go back and read a little bit about that exile. And kind of what you just tipped off, learning and reading our Bible, we can see correlations that have developed in those exile times. So, if we look back at Israel's history, it's been there's always been this being at front and center, being in good graces with God, and then usually this time of falling off, and then a time of pulling back, a time of pulling off, and then eventually a time of being scattered, and then a time of being brought back together. Well, we're seeing that now. We're seeing that very same thing happen right now. That Israel's being brought back together, and that started in the 19, late 1940s, right after World War II. Yep. They had been exiled for a very long time, obviously much longer than the first one, 
when they were exiled to Babylon. But this particular situation has become very similar in that we've seen we see a re- we see eventually a return at, from Babylon when they go back and they start rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the city of Jerusalem and rebuilding their communities. And we see that, well, isn't that what we're seeing now? Mm-hmm. Haven't we been witnessing this since the late 1940s? Yeah, amen. I mean, we have. And so there's some similarities there in that as, for instance, when Israel was was exiled, so we read the book of Daniel. And if we remember correctly, there were a couple of very notable miracles during that particular time. Now, there were some other ones, obviously, with the interpretation of dreams and things of that nature that that Daniel had, but that he was given from God. But when we see the fact that his followers were saved from the fire and that he was saved from the lion's den, okay, those were miracles in which God was showing the people that he was still alive and well. And he was showing that he is still in control of all of this and that he's going to fulfill the promises that he had made to them so that they would be exiled for a time and then they would be brought back to rebuild not only the temple, but their city, Jerusalem. And that is exactly what happened. Well, guess what? We're seeing the same thing now. Yeah. We are we are in a process of watching this unfold. Amen. We saw in the 1940s, we saw Israel brought back together as a nation when Harry S. Truman al- allowed for the nation state of Israel to put together a provisional government in May of 1948. We saw how they shifted to a, uh, a regular government, a democratic form of government in January of 1949. Then the whole right of return that was passed by the Israeli government in 1950. And then, of course, through some different conflicts that they've had throughout their history since the 1940s, since they reestablished the area of Zion. Guess what? We've seen miracles. Yeah. The same type of miracles that God showed there. And and the Israelites have started paying attention. Amen. Amen. They have. More and more as their country has been established and being secured, even in the midst of what could look like certain doom, God has protected them in in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and they have seen, the people have seen this. Matter of fact, what, what really gets me is that the peoples of the world have seen this mm-hmm. and yet still don't believe. Deny it, yeah. I mean, how... Like, if I'm just going to say this. If I'm Iran, I need to stop for a minute and say, wait a minute here. If I look at this truth and I look at the events that line up with this truth and I'm setting myself against them, where do I fit in this truth? And where they fit is that eventually it's going to lead to their total destruction. And that is not just being done by the hands of other people or by Israelites. That is going to be done by the hands of God. You cannot escape just like we can't escape the wrath of God Mm -hmm. without Jesus covering our sin. They cannot escape God's truth. 
No one can. And I'm not just talking about Iran. I'm talking about anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Any country. So, and that even includes Israel. They cannot escape God's truth. And so, you know, eventually the Bible also tells us that they are going to realize what they missed. And they're going to, they're going to bow to Christ and realize he was the Messiah. That is going to happen. Guess what? That's another truth that the Israelites cannot escape. That's right. So, or or any of anybody else for that matter. I mean, Philippians two: every knee shall bow and every, every tongue confess yeah. that Jesus is Lord. So, this exile, and then them coming back and building the second temple, was kind of a precursor to what's happening now. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it shows yeah. a pattern, yep. and God has these patterns that He acts in, and He simply, you know, when when God foretells the future, it's not this magic fairy dust that's being sprinkled god knows how people are going to act and he's simply what what really that is is he's just reacting to what he already knows they're going to do you know god is a masterful psychologist and sociologist <laughs> he truly is Amen. i mean and, and unfortunately our enemy satan is as well and we need to understand that but god is a masterful masterful psychologist and sociologist he gets it you know think of prophecy is like this god is reacting to how people are acting towards him that's what prophecy is because he knows how what people are going to do that's what the seven ages of the church are i mean jesus already knew what how those group the different church ages were going to act so he's just telling john what's going to happen he's simply saying they're going to act like this and this is what's going to happen yeah and so and he's painting a picture well, that's what this is. The first exile into Babylon really set the stage of what the second exile would have would happen. And then the fact that the coming back together happened in much the same way. You know, it took the powers of the earth to bring them back together. The British Empire, 1917, the Balfour Declaration, reestablishes the land towards the end of World War I. The Ottoman Empire breaks up. And Britain claims that land for Israel. Yep. And they set that part aside. World War II, we have the Holocaust. And then as uh, the remaining Israelites that survived the Holocaust, okay, they scattered really to really one of three places. They go to Britain, the United States, or they start filing into the New Jerusalem, or, or New Israel, I should say, the new land of Israel. So... Guess what? This is very similar to the return that they had the last time. Because guess what? Just so you know, not every Israelite, when they had, were exiled, came back to Israel. Right. They did not. There were right. there were other factions that went other places. So that yeah. is not, this is not the first time it's happened this way. However, with this, we get an understanding that that was a precursor to what we're seeing now. And it gives us some insight into how God acts when he's bringing his people back. Amen. I mean, you shared also, yeah. And also on a micro scale, it's sort of a way too that when somebody has walked with Christ and falls off, it also, there's a, usually a period of separation and exile. It also shows us how God brings that individual back too. Yeah, amen, amen. You shared with me that the second temple existed when Jesus came back. 
That's right. I thought I thought that was a given. Why is that important about what we're talking about? Well, so the second temple existed in Christ's first coming. Well, guess what? I believe that the second temple or the third temple will exist when with Christ's second coming. Amen. Amen. I think it'll exist. It will be there before he comes back. So, you know, it's funny if you read if you read Matthew chapter 24, and I and I love this. <laughs> and I always laugh about this. Um, it says here in verse 26, so if they tell you there he is in the wilderness, do not go out. <laughs> or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be this coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. So one of the things that I believe that that is saying and, and you can pull a lot of things out of that. But one of the things I think it's saying, too, is that really pay attention to the signs first. You know, and it's what it goes right back to what you started with. Know your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Amen. know yeah. the Bible, know the signs, yeah. you know, pay attention. Don't don't trust just what somebody says. Like I tell people, don't just trust what I'm telling you. Read this for yourself. Pray and meditate over this for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because God will give you answers and insight if you allow him to do so. Yeah. Amen. You know, yeah, I'm not continuing. I'm not anything special. I'm just somebody who pays attention. Yeah. Uh, continuing with Matthew 24, you know, Jesus said, This generation will not pass away till all of these things come to pass. Why is that yeah. important for the day and time we live in today and what we see happening in Israel right now? Because the this is just part of what's going to pass. You know, this is just part of the events that need to pass. Not everything has passed yet. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen the rebuilding of the third temple. We haven't seen the all-out assault yet on Israel. We haven't seen every part that needs to be fulfilled. And that includes the entire gospel or the entire world being preached the gospel. Not every tongue, tribe, and nation yet has received the gospel. We're getting close, mm -hmm. but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. There are still a few people groups that we know from document and documented that we know have not done that. And so, you know, we can we can talk about a few examples. I'm not going to get that deep right now, but this is important. And, and God's goal here is that remember this. Philippians 2, Paul writes, every tongue, tribe and nation will bow to God in Revelation. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, and by his blood he purchased every tongue, tribe, and nation for God. I mean, so these are things that we have to understand. All of those are, are part of this that has not been fully accomplished yet, okay? These these wars, these rumors of wars, these earthquakes, these famines, these all these things that have been occurring, are they're a part of that story. But not every part of that story has come to pass. Again, the next temple will just be another sign that you know we're getting closer. Close. Yep. Amen. You know, Luke 21, verse 30 to 31 says, when you see these things happening, you should know that the kingdom of God is near. Exactly. And, and that's what we're trying to emphasize here. And that, that takes it back to what we see happening right now in Israel and how they're being pressured on all sides to stop for humanitarian reasons, you know. I asked those questions first because I wanted to lay out how important 
the accuracy of the Jewish history is and the accuracy of the Bible that go hand in hand. Amen. Yeah. I say, I truly believe that what we see happening right now is proof that the Bible is the truth and that we are closer than ever before to actually see Bible prophecy concerning the second company happening in our lifetime. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and that's a great question. Right now, you know, I'm never, I'm, I don't, I don't over speculate, but there's enough signs right now that I think just common sense tells me something is getting ready to happen. We're, we're close. I don't think we're there just yet. Maybe as close as some people are thinking, but I think in our lifetime, I, I matter of fact, I'm, ha- I'm, it's getting to a point I'm having a harder time at not happening during my generational lifetime than it that I would think than it than it does. I think it's more realistic that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. During that. I and I think yeah. that there's so many signs. There's so many different pieces that we. I mean, we could spend you and I could spend probably five six hours today just talking about each sign. I mean, that's how that's how much is happening right now. Yeah. But I don't. What I think it is is that as these signs are happening. I don't think they're fully developed yet. That's, and that's kind of what I keep saying. And I was trying to figure a way, you know, how do I best describe it? They just haven't fully developed yet, but you see them. Yeah. You know, and I think what it is when here's how people react to prophecy. When they first see something, they think that's it. Here we go. But you have to give things time to develop. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the problem is that in some people's minds, they think when they first see it, that's it. Here we go. No, you got to let this stuff develop. And God has this tendency to always little little space of time, like things happen and then it kind of dies down and then something big really happens. There, there's kind of that that God always has. There's a little bit of mystery to God that we need to always remember will exist in all of this. Yeah. So just like when God gives me personal prophecy, I've learned I don't go out there and just start telling people. I don't do that. I just write it down. And that's what I would tell anybody else. Just write it down. Be patient. Pray over it. God will show you when to reveal. Amen. Amen. You know, you you mentioned a word there that brought back a memory. Developed. Yes. I used to have a hobby of photography. Oh, yeah. I'm talking 40 years ago before the digital cameras came. Mm -hmm. And I would take, you know, several rolls of pictures and stuff and then I go down to the little shop, the hobby shop, and go into their dark room and, you know, get a piece of paper. You put it down, you focus everything, and you put your paper down and hit the button, and it's exposed on the paper. Can't see a thing on the paper. I mean, once you you have everything set up, you know, the negative, the negative is the opposite of what you're trying to see. Yep. And that's what a lot of people are looking at right now is the negative things going on, Yes, but they're not seeing what's really going to appear. You know? Exactly. But once it's in focus, you turn off the light, the camera and, and the, the lens thing, and then you put your paper in, get it set and turn it back on, turn it off. There's still, it looks to you like a blank sheet of paper there. You take it over and you put it in the first chemical bath wish it around for 15, 20 seconds, whatever it was, I don't remember now, and then go to the second one, and you let it sit in there, and then you see it. And you said, 
you have to give time for things to develop. And with the second bath, you start seeing the image that you're looking for actually start to come into focus. And it's being developed on that picture. It's been there all along. Once you did that, you pushed that button. It's been there. You just couldn't see it. And now you see it starting to develop, but it's not finished yet. You know. And then once it gets to the point where this is where I want it to be, you put it into the third bath, which stops the chemical process, and then you hang it up and let it dry. We're at that point now, I believe, that I can see what we're looking for. And now we're just waiting for Jesus to finish it off. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, you have to give time for things to develop. I loved how you said that. As soon as you said that, that took me back to, to that. I like the, I love course. the analogy, by the way. You know, so That's a good analogy. But I'll have to remember we, that one. Yeah, we see it. You know, it's in the, we're in the second bath right now and we can see what we've been looking for. It's yep. just not finished yet. <laughs> exactly. Amen. Praise. God. Exactly. Amen. So, but like I said, I, I truly believe that what we see happening right now is proof that the Bible is the truth, the absolute truth, and that we are closer than ever before to see his return in our life. My wife and I talk about this all the time. I believe he, you know, and we're up there in age, right? But I still, we still talk about, you know, I, I believe if, if I die before Jesus comes back, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> but, like that, man. but, you know, we don't know our time, you know, our, our life is like a, a wisp of smoke Bible says, but uh, you know, I mean, I could die in a car accident, leaving here today, you know, type of thing. But, you know, I fully expect to be one of those that are like, oh, I told you. <laughs> I told you. I told you he was coming back. You know? But uh, if not, that's okay, because I know where I'll be, you know, at the, at the end as well. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fully convinced in our lifetime, in my lifetime, for sure my kid's lifetime and grandkid's lifetime. He is coming back, and I, I just can't. I have to keep hammering that point home, you know, that because they'll ask me, What do you think going on? Just tells me one thing Jesus is about to return, yep. you know. And you know, I remember Kenneth Copeland telling about his mother, he say, You know, Jesus is coming back this year, yeah. end of the year. He say, Ma, you know, you said that last year, and he hadn't come back yet. I know, but he is coming back this year. Oh my <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> So, yeah, she's just expected it, you know, and and that's that's kind of how I am. I'm every morning I wake up, I say, "Oh, okay, well, I'm still here." Are you come back today, Jesus, you know, type thing. It's it's that close. I mean, it again going back to that analogy, the picture is fully developed. It just hasn't been put in the finisher yet. You know, that's that's my opinion on things. Anyway, you know one God. one thing that too. For all you listeners out there to understand about the Bible, is that between twenty-five and thirty percent of the Bible is prophecy. Oh yeah, that's almost a third yeah. of the Bible is prophecy. Yeah. So to ignore prophecy in the Word of God is really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't really do that. Yep. So you you have to pay attention to this. It's not something that 
we can just ignore when it's literally that much of the word of God. Yep. And and much of it revolves around the first and the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And here so. here is what God has to say about prophecy all the way back in the book of Genesis. Chapter 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and it'll bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. There's the prophecy of Jesus right there. Yep. Right there. All the way back in the book of Genesis, God's using prophecy to talk about Jesus and his coming. Praise God. And, and, and think about this. Jesus was there when all that was happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. He was already there. Exactly. He was already watching this unfold. Yep. Amen. Praise God. Man, this is good. <sighs> Man, we're all out of time for today, all right? How can someone get in touch with you if they have a question or like more information? Well, obviously, just you can email me at gccgodcenteredconcept2038 at gmail.com, and that's usually the best way to get a hold of me. Amen. Amen. And folks, just like we started today's broadcast, when someone, when you hear someone talk about they Israel needs to stop what they're doing right now because you know for humanitarian reasons, man, that's what Hamas wants. That's what Iran wants. They want Israel to stop so they can resupply, reorganize, refit, and continue the fight. But just like George Patton said, once you got them going, grab them by the nose and kick them in the rear end. And that's what Israel is doing right now. And that's what we have to remember. We need to be supporting Israel and totally destroying their enemy. Well, what about all the civilians that don't have nothing to do? They're the ones that elected that outfit. Okay. Now they're probably got second and third thoughts about that right now. Because you talk to them on the ground and you hear they're not happy with Hamas, but they're powerless against them. So they need Israel to go in and kick their rear end. And unfortunately, the quote a famous saying, war is hell. And unfortunately, there are civilians on both sides that are going to take casualties. The only thing we can pray for is pray they find Jesus before they die, because that's all that really matters. And broadcasts like this and, and the missionaries that are on the ground, they need your prayers, your protection to continue to witness. And, and that's what we—that's what our prayer is each and every day, that even these Palestinians that are caught in the middle, they're protected, but may they come to know the Lord as their Savior and the truth of what the Bible actually says about what's happening today. Amen. And Scott, I appreciate your time coming back on today. Man, it, it's been great, and I can't wait till the next time we get back together again. Hey, looking forward to it and glad to be back on the show again today. Man, folks, that's all the time we have for today. It's been good again. I'm Scott Wright and myself, Pastor Bob, reminding you to be blessed all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, 
Be blessed in all that you do.